Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hubbard. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Most of us have been called away from home and loved ones at one time or another, and we know from the experience that there's nothing quite as important during those days of separation as mail. A good old letter from home. Any man or woman in the armed forces will tell you the only call that takes precedence over mess is mail call. And when a letter is more important to a hungry G.I. than food, you know it means something. Maybe you are one of those persons who writes regularly, every week, to that friend or relative in the service. Maybe you're like a good many of us and often forget. But one thing is certain. None of us wants any of our people in the armed forces to feel they are being forgotten by the folks at home. The USO knows at first hand that direct contact with home through frequent friendly letters is more important than ever to today's servicemen. So, if you have the habit of writing regularly, that's wonderful. If not, why not form the habit? Your letters will certainly be appreciated. Hey, Molly. Molly, where are you? In the living room, McGee. What is it? Well, you see what I got. I was up in the attic prowling through that old trunk of yours, and what do I find stuck between the sheet music of Red Hot Mama and the lid off a shaving dish? But this bunch of old snapshots. Snapshots? Yeah. They were took at a picnic in Peoria the year before we got married. Boy, oh boy, they're beauties. Here, let me see them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> heavenly days. I'd forgotten all about these pictures. Do you remember what happened at that picnic, McGee? I'll say I remember. That was the day I set a new hard-boiled egg record. 827 of them. First 25 went down easy, but I had to put strawberry jam on the last two. It was also the day we announced our engagement. Oh, by George, you're right. That was the day, wasn't it? Funny how a thing like hard-boiled eggs sticks in your mind. Yes, isn't it? You ain't looking at the pictures, kiddo. Here, look at the one on top. You and me smiling tenderly at each other across a slice of watermelon. My, this really brings back memories. I was wearing my new polka dot dress that I was so proud of. Mm -hmm. And a hat with wings sticking out all over it. <laughs> Looks like a covey of quail sitting down in a bean patch. That was a lovely hat. Oh, look, here's a picture of the whole group. Oh, who's that gal standing next to you? Was that Bertha Larkin? No, that was Agnes Beckman, my dearest friend. Uh -huh. I remember that Agnes and I helped each other dress that day at my house. Oh, yeah, Agnes Beckman. She later on married a guy from Springfield, Illinois, that made a fortune selling a special metal polish for Iron Deers. That's the one. Yeah. Agnes and I were very close, but I always had a feeling that she was setting her cap for you. Well, I wouldn't have done her no good just to set an ordinary cap. Not when you were wearing that elegant owl's nest on your head. <laughs> hey, isn't that Rodney Trout, the one that was sort of sweet on you? Yeah, that's Rodney, but there was never anything between us. Oh, I ain't so sure about that. I never did trust a guy that put mustache wax on his sideburns. Oh, McGee. That's the silliest thing I ever... Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. I was just passing by, and I... Oh, looking at pictures, are you? Yes, yeah, some old snapshots that were taken on a picnic, Mr. Wimple. 
30 years ago, before we were married. Oh, may I look? I love it. Sure, get a load of this one here, Wimp. Here's the whole bunch of us spreading out the lunch. I'm the handsome kid in the blue serge suit and the jazz bow tie. <laughs> and I'm the girl in the polka dot dress. My, you were a lovely girl, Mrs. McGee. Oh. You know, these pictures remind me of some snapshots I have that were taken before Sweetie Face and I were married. At a picnic? No, at a croquet party. There's one that shows us standing in the middle of the lawn. Sweetie Face has a feather boa wrapped around her neck, and I have a croquet mallet wrapped around mine. A croquet mallet? Yes. I was your partner, and I missed a shot. My gosh, it sounds like she wasn't a very good loser. No, a defeat was always hard on Sweetie Face. <laughs> and even harder on me. I guess the prize picture, though, is the one they took at Sweetie Face knocking the ball through the center wicket. I was the wicket. How could you be a wicket? You're not the right shape, Wimp. Sweetie Face fixed that. She knocked me bowling. <laughs> <laughs> she would she'll probably do again if I don't get on home. <laughs> Goodbye now. Bye, Hello, Mr. Mom. Wimple. Poor little Mr. Wimple. He certainly has... What are you frowning at? On these pictures I didn't see before. Look. You were sitting on a bench in your polka dot dress and somebody snapped you from behind. What about it? There's an arm around your waist. You can't see the fellow it's attached to, just the arm. And it ain't my arm. What? Oh, McGee, that's ridiculous. Of course it's your arm. See, it's wearing a blue serge sleeve. If you'll cast your eye at them other pictures, my dear, you'll see that Rodney Trout had on a blue serge suit, too. Only his was baggier than mine. And the sleeve that's around you is a baggy sleeve. I never heard such nonsense. I say that's your arm. And I say it ain't. I guess I know my own arm when I see it. Molly, I'm ashamed of you. But, McGee, I never... How could you accept the love of a good man, which I always was one, and then let that Rodney Trout put his arm around your back behind mine? McGee, I tell you, it must be your arm. I think that after all these years, the girl that I got engaged to that day had that dirty rat's arm around her. Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. It's an amazing sensation. The music sounds as if the musicians are actually in your living room. Yes, that's the superb realism you get with RCA Victor's new orthophonic high-fidelity Victrola phonographs. Remember these four words. New orthophonic high-fidelity. They're important. They mean a wonderful new kind of sound reproduction with extra power, extra clarity, extra sensitivity, and extra wide range. Now all this can be yours in a stunning console, finished in mahogany for as little as one ninety-nine ninety-five. That's little enough, but lower still is the price of the smart compact table model. That can be yours for as little as one thirty-nine ninety-five. To get all the facts, visit your RCA Victor dealer. Ask him to demonstrate the new orthophonic high-fidelity Victrola phonographs. After one demonstration, you'll never be satisfied with less. Remember, the world's best names for quality. RCA and RCA Victor. To think that at a time like that, you'd cuddle up to that Rodney Trout, the kind of a rat that he spent so much time winking at girls that his eye got a permanent twitch. Oh, for the... I did not cuddle up to anybody. This is just... I wish I could believe that, my dear, but the camera don't lie. There it is in black and white with gray overtones and a few fingerprints. All right, I give up. Maybe Rodney did slip his arm around me. I don't know, but what's the harm if he did? For heaven's sake, that was 30 years ago. That ain't the point. That maple tree out in our yard was planted more than 30 years ago, too, but if it fell on me now, it would still hurt. 
You think it might? Because if you do, let's go out in the yard. Sure, boy! Just put them on the table, Mr. Oldtimer. Okay, daughter! I think that I went on that picnic filled with dreams of bliss, but all you thought of was making time with that Rodney Trout. And to think you thought I wouldn't think that you thought of it. Mickey, for pity's sake, it's all ancient history. If you keep on Hello this... Hello there, Johnny! Hi, old-timer. Hey, look at the long puss on the boy. What's wrong, son? There's plenty wrong. For 30 years, I've been nursing a viper in my bosom. Is that so? Seems like a queer sort of hobby. He means me, Mr. Oldtimer. He found some old pictures taken before we were married, and in one of them, my back is to the camera with his arm around me. Yeah, my arm, my clavicle. That's Rodney Trout's arm. Well, we'll never be sure. The picture's too small to tell. Well, say now, maybe you could tell whose arm it is if you look at the picture with my magnifying glass. Do you have a magnifying glass? Yep. Got it as part of my equipment when I took a course on how to be a private eye. And that ain't a bad idea. Give me the glass. I only solved one case when I was a private eye, but it was a dilly. A missing pork chop caper, I called it. Let's have the magnifying glass. Pop and me had pork chops for dinner, and I put one away in the icebox for my lunch next day. I went to get it. The platter was as empty as a politician's promise. Well, never mind that. Give me the glass. So I whipped out my magnifier, and sure enough, the platter was full of fingerprints. I wrapped it up and sent it to the FBI CODPDQ. The glass, old-timer. I thought they might have the pork chop snatcher's fingerprints on file, and they did. <laughs> they was papas. Okay, now let's have the glass. The FBI was real grateful. Said they'd matched the prints of the fellow who stole some hot cannonballs out of a cannon at the Battle of Bull Run and left his prints on the muzzle. Give me the dead ratted glass. Okay, Johnny, you don't have to holler at me. Here it is. Now, kiddo, I'll prove that was Rodney Trout's arm. Come on, look through the glass. I'm looking. Ha-ha! What's your ha-ha on about? There's a hand on the arm and a finger on the hand and a ring on the finger, and it's your ring. Huh? Let me see that. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Sure, I'm right. Mm -hmm. It's my ring with the genuine 14-carat diamond that fell out the next day and broke when it hit the sidewalk. Gee whiz. Well, I think you owe me an apology, my boy. Five or six of them. Gee, kiddo, I'm sorry. I'd get down on the floor and beat my head against the carpet if it wasn't already wore pretty thin. I mean, the carpet's pretty thin. My head's as thick as it ever was. Maybe thicker, even. All right, don't overdo it. Thanks for the magnifying glass, Mr. Oldtimer. You keep it, daughter. Might like to look at the other pictures, too. Oldtimer, I appreciate what you've done to keep two loving hearts together. Glad to be a help, Johnny. <laughs> sort of makes me feel like Cupid. Only a little older and dressed a lot warmer. <laughs> so long, kid. Bye. Well, sure is good to get this straightened out, Molly. Of course, if that had been Rodney's arm around you, I'd have had a perfect right to get sore. What you frowning at for? I've been taking another look at the picture through this magnifying glass. Those are not polka dots on that dress. Those are daisies. Daisies? Daisies. Remember I said Agnes Beckman and I helped each other dress that day? Yeah. Well, she had daisies on her dress, so you had your arm around Agnes. Uh, oh, no, I didn't, kiddo. Not me. Of course you did. The camera doesn't lie, McGee. What? There it is in black and white with gray overtones. Oh, no, honest, Tootsie, I never... To think that on the very day we got engaged, you'd be hugging Agnes Beckman. What? And her a flighty girl that even put cologne on her galoshes. Okay, maybe I did slip my arm around her, I don't know, but my gosh, is that a crime? That happened 30 years ago. That's not the point, McGee. Like you said, the maple tree in our yard was planted more than 30 years ago, but if it fell on me now, it would still hurt. Well, uh... Oh, this is a dark day in my life. Huh? To think that you'd accept the love of a good woman and then... Where are you going? Outside to sit under the maple tree. This might be the day it falls. <laughs> 
Molly will be right back. Tomorrow's Tuesday, and that means it's time for Dragnet, starring Jack Webb in the famous role he created, the role of Detective Sergeant Joe Friday. As you travel the streets of Los Angeles with Joe Friday and his partner Frank Smith, you get a realistic look at the tireless work of a big city police department. Dragnet is the story of every police force, your police force, and it's fascinating listening. An assignment for Friday and Smith may be a false alarm, or it may develop into the unexpected chase of a dangerous killer. Every step of the way, it's the documented account of your police force in action. So be on hand tomorrow night for 30 minutes of exciting radio listening with Dragnet. And don't forget the two other Tuesday mystery shows NBC has in store for you tomorrow. Crime and Peter Chambers, with Dane Clark in the title role. And Barry Craig, confidential investigator, with William Gargan as a tough private eye. All right, McGee, I put the pictures back in the attic trunk, and I'll say no more about it. Good. About you and Agnes. You having your arm around her. Good. But I ran across another picture up there that shows you with your arms around another woman. In fact, she's kissing you right in front of the camera. Oh, oh no, you couldn't have. I... Who? Your mother. Oh. <laughs> ah, you had the prettiest blonde curls at that age, McGee. Mm. Good night. Good night, all. Liver McGee and Bolly is an NBC Radio Network production transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimble. Well... Tomorrow night, Mr. McGee turns neat, believe it or not. But it doesn't wind up quite the way he expects. This is John Wald reminding you to be with us then to get the full story. Get behind the headlines to the heart of the news tonight on the NBC Radio Network.